Cap'n Crunch's full name is Horatio Magellan Crunch. This is Simple Joe for Friday, May 21st, 2021. love-hate relationship with Captain Crunch. I like Captain Crunch a lot. I like Crunch Berries, really. I could... Those Oops those oops Berry cereal, man, I like those a lot. But I have a, I have a love-hate relationship with, with Captain Crunch cereal. Loved it when I was a kid, but man, it was so crunchy that it would just... It would tear my the top of my mouth up. And it would leave this weird film. Loved eating it, but man, it was just... An odd experience. And Cap- that's the only thing. That's the only cereal that's ever impacted me that way or affected me that way. <laughs> well, hello, my friend. I'm Joe. Welcome to Simple Joe. I am so glad that you're here. Today, we're going to hear about the weather in Mainz, Germany. Five mythical facts that we think are true but are not. A weight loss update. We're going to hear from Alexander Graham Bell. And much, much more. We reached a high of 87 degrees here in Cincinnati today. It was a warm, nice day. Almost 90 degrees. A low of 60. Sunny all day long. Tomorrow is going to be a really nice day again. 88 for a high. Low of 62. Sunny. Sunday, 89 for a high. Low of 65. Sunny. And Monday, a high of 90. A low of 66. And sunny. I like days at worst we're about to have. I don't know what the humidity is going to be, so that that will play a role, but I like this warm weather. Like it a lot. For our friends in or near Mainz, Germany, you're going to see a high of 16 degrees Celsius tomorrow and a low of 18, a high of 17 degrees Celsius on Sunday and a low of 7, and a high of 18 on Monday and a low of 8 degrees Celsius. Saturday is going to be really nice in Mainz. And Sunday, really nice, sunny. But Monday looks like you got some rain coming. So I certainly appreciate you listening, Mainz, Germany. Uh, You mean a lot to me. You sure do. In 1945, Richard Hatch was born today. Richard Hatch was an actor, and I think I remember him most in Battlestar Galactica. 2017 is when he died. Leo Sarah. Leo Sarah. Leo Sayre was born today in 1948. You would recognize some of his songs. You Make Me Feel Like Dancing is the one that stands, stands out to me. Mr. T himself, I Pity the Fool, was born today in 1952. And in 1957, Judge Reinhold, actor Judge Reinhold, you'd recognize him if you don't recognize the name. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, he played the dad... I think he played one of the, he played the dad in the Santa Claus, like the psychiatrist dad in in the Santa Claus movies. Yeah, yeah, that's it. He played the the psychiatrist dad or the counselor dad in the Santa Claus movie. Great role, good actor, funny guy. And Bruce Buffer, let's get ready. No, no, is it is he? Let's get ready to rumble. Is that Bruce Buffer? I think it's. I don't know, but he's from the. Bruce Buffer does the announcements for the ring announcements for uh, the UFC fighters. He was born today in 1957. Wow, what a short birth birthday list that I have here today. 
That's amazing. I th- that might be one of the shortest lists that I've had. But you, you recognize it. It's time. Is that... Who gets... I think his brother is is Michael Buffer does Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Yeah, Michael Buffer does Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Today, 140 years ago today, Clara Barton established the American Red Cross to provide humanitarian aid to victims of wars and natural disasters, which brings us to today being National American Red Cross Founders Day. It's also National Wait Staff Day. That's a weird name, right? Wait staff. I guess that's that's right. Wait staff, waiters, waitresses. I think we call them servers now, right? Is that the best term? I kind of flubbed up when I was on the airplane the other day. I called uh, in my when I was recording for this show. I called. I referred to this the. I almost did it again. To the flight attendant as a stewardess, and I steward and stewardess. I I don't think that's the proper term anymore. And I'm not sure wait staff is the right word. I don't know. Waiters and waitresses, treat your waiters and waitresses well. Not just today, but always. I mean, here here in the United States, they earn something called a tip wage. And the tip wage is significantly lower than minimum wage because the idea is, well, they're going to make up their, their wages off of tips. And I'm not sure how I feel about that or not. I think a tipping is a good idea, but... You know, there is some argument to be made for, for. listen, a restaurant should pay their staff at least minimum wage, right? We could go into a whole minimum wage argument and I can, and, and that would be for a different place. You might find my, you might find my ideas on minimum wage interesting, but that's for another day. Maybe we'll go down that road. Maybe not. We'll see. But. If the if I don't know how I feel about restaurant owners not paying waiters and waitresses servers minimum at least minimum wage and make them kind of make up that minimum wage with tips. I'm not sure how I feel about this. Here's what I do know: they work hard, and you should tip, and you should tip well. Um, I think the standard's probably twenty percent. I've tipped less than twenty percent. Uh, I've tipped more than twenty percent. Uh, if, if, if a server is overtly just not doing a good job because they're inattentive or messing around someplace else, yeah, I might, I might lower that tip a bit, but normally I, 20% is about my average. I would say waiting tables is a tough, is a tough gig. I did it when I was, when I was younger, I waited tables for Ponderosa. When you couldn't earn tips or you weren't supposed to earn tips. I earned tips. I earned really good tips at Ponderosa when you weren't supposed to get tips. And I had a couple funny little things that I would do to earn tips. For example, whenever there were kids, I would always offer to buy the kids a Sunday at Ponderosa. We had this Sunday bar and I would, and I got this idea. Well, if I could, if I if I offered to buy the kids a Sunday and it was, wasn't expensive. I think the Sunday bar back then was 79 cents and you got a little Sunday cup and put toppings on that. So I would offer to buy the kids a Sunday. I'd ask their parents, Hey, can I, can I buy Sunday? The, the, can I buy your kids a Sunday? It's completely on me. And they'd say all they, if they said no, of course, and I would, I wouldn't do it, but if they almost always said yes. And I would buy the kids a Sunday 
And my tips went up significantly, way more than I paid for the Sunday, way more. And this is a place that you weren't supposed to get tips. They changed that later. I mean, they, they changed it to a tipping model. But yeah, this I, I, I made really good tips as a, as a server, as a waiter at Ponderosa of all places. And you didn't have to work that hard to earn to at Ponderosa if you were, if you were a table server. You basically just got them their drinks and made sure they, they had clean plates for the salad bar and brought them their, brought them their meal because they placed the order in line. So you didn't have to do a whole lot, but I liked earning tips. So I figured out cool ways to, to increase tips. For example, I never waited people. I ne- never let people wait to pick out their own table. I would always meet them at the cash register. So if you remember Ponderosa or, or Bonanza, those types of places, you would come in and you would kind of go through this line and you would order you would order from the menu as you're, as you have your tray and you're going through the line, you would order from the menu and you would order your steak or your rib, you know, you'd order your steak or your chicken or whatever, whatever happened to be, or you just ordered the salad bar and then you paid for it right then. They gave you the receipt and you were supposed to take your tray and to the table. If you've never been to a Ponderosa or Bonanza, that's how you do it. I'd be surprised that, you, that this description is even worth worth it. You've probably been there. My point is, usually people just kind of grab their tray and they, they find a table. Well, what I would do is I would, I would grab people's tray for them. Hey, let me help you with that. And I'd take their tray and I'd take them to my section. And I would fill my section. Everybody, all the other, all the other servers wouldn't have their section, wouldn't have would have nobody in their section and I'd fill my section cause I would meet people. And then eventually you get your regulars who people came in, come in and request a sit at your, in your section and places like that. And, or yeah, come into your section and I, I lost my, lost my train of thought and do things like that. They'd, they'd come and request you. Yeah. So I made good tips as a, as a waiter, as a server at Ponderosa. If that made any sense, I kind of feel like I rambled on a bit there, but I think you get the gist, right? Today is National Waitstaff Waitstaff Day. Today is also National Strawberries and Cream Day. Love strawberries and cream. National Memo Day. Don't know what that means. Take a note. Take a memo, Mrs. Howiggins. (laughs) Bonus points to the person who, who can tell me who Mrs. Howiggins is. National Endangered Species Day. Today is National Defense Transportation Day, National Pizza Party Day, National Bike to Work Day. I wish I could bike to work. I love riding my bike, and my office is way too far away to bike, but I wish I could bike to work. And today is National NASCAR Day. You know, I'm, I'm a bit rusty. I'll be honest with you. I'm, I, I sat here tonight, and it's, it's after 10 o'clock. I had a long day today, a little bit of jet lag from flying out to California back and forth to California, was tired most of the day today, came home from work, took a, took a big nap, realized I got to do my show today. So I came up here and started doing my show and realized I'm a little rusty here, just a little rusty. I was so used to, for three days, just kind of recording in an airport or recording on a beach or wherever it was that I record it from. Uh, now I'm sitting here in my 
studio at my house and trying to get trying to get through this. I kind of feel kind of feel a little awkward, a little weird. I'm not sure why. In any event, I said it was National NASCAR Day. Today is NASCAR Day. Five things we think are true but aren't. I kind of pulled this list from various different places. Uh, I think the the main place was Listverse and they had probably 12 or 15 things, but none of them seemed interesting to me. But these did seem interesting to me, so I thought I'd share them with you. Not in any particular order. This is not a top five list or anything like this or anything like that. Just five things that we think are true but aren't. And you may, you may or not agree with these things. Fortune cookies are not Chinese. Despite them being handed out in many Western-based Chinese restaurants at the end of a meal, the fortune cookie is not from China. Rather, it was brought to the U.S. by the Japanese. They are rarely found in China and are often seen as a symbol of American cuisine. I think I knew that. I think I did know that fortune cookies are not necessarily Chinese. I thought they were completely, but I did think that they were completely U.S a U.S. invention or a U.S. thing. Uh, but apparently the Japanese brought them over. I, I read an article. I may have shared this with you. I'm not sure. But I read an article several weeks back where it, there, was, there was a weird anomaly where everybody, like 50 people or so, all won the lottery on a particular day. And it was just su- just such an outlier for this many people to win to hit the lottery numbers. Well, what had happened was, and I don't know what state, what had happened was the, there was a fortune cookie that said, today are your, here are your lucky numbers. And it listed like five numbers. So apparently several people found that fortune cookie on that day and, and played those numbers. And then those numbers ended up winning. How about that? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Next one is Vikings did not wear horns on their helmets. I was, I'm disappointed by this because that's the, that's the iconic image for Vikings, right? Every time I wanted to go, every time I go canoeing, I always wanted to buy myself a Viking hat with the horns sticking up. But apparently there's no historical ever evidence that this is accurate. In fact, the horns on helmets for Vikings came from an opera scene by Richard Wagner of During des... Nubligen. I guess that's, I don't know what that means, but let's just keep it at Richard Wagner. So the only place that in history that Viking horns are seen are in this, are in, are in this opera by Richard Wagner and movies that are not historically accurate because apparently there's no evidence for Viking, Viking helmets having horns. The next is the Buddha was not fat. The popular image of the fat laughing Buddha with a big friendly belly is completely inaccurate. This is actually a 10th century folk hero in Chinese lore called Budai, B-U-D-A-I. And the two have been confused over time. In fact, Buddha was an aesthetic who prayed under, did I say that right? Ascetic, who prayed under a lotus tree eating almost nothing to to achieve enlightenment. Aesthetic, not aesthetic. Aesthetic is the visual appeal of something. Aesthetic. I think, uh, let's look up aesthetic. I'm not going to look up aesthetic. Basically means someone who lives just very, very basically with almost nothing. 
So the Buddha was not fat. So that little statue of the fat Buddha is actually the Budai, B-U-D-A-I, and not the actual Buddha. The Great Wall of China is not the only human-made object visible from space. None of the Apollo astronauts reported seeing any specific human-made object from the moon. You always heard that, that, hey, they, the, the astronauts, the people who walked on the moon, said that they could see the Great Wall of China. Even Earth-orbiting astronauts can barely see it. City lights, however, are easily visible on the night, on the night side of Earth from orbit. So the Great Wall of China is not visible by the human eye or is not, is, not visible, is not the only human-made object visible from space, but apparently city lights are. And finally, Napoleon was not short. The quote-unquote little corporal's height was recorded in French feet, five feet, two inches, which is five feet, seven inches in English feet. So let's get that right. Napoleon's height was recorded in French feet, which would be five feet, two inches which is, when translated to English feet, is 5 feet 7 inches. This was, in fact, slightly taller than the average Frenchman at the time. So, Napoleon was actually slightly taller than the average Frenchman. He wasn't short at all, and he's always portrayed as short. You've heard of the Napoleon complex, some little fella who's trying to be better or bigger or tougher than what he really is because he's got some kind of odd feelings about himself being short. Hey, listen, I'm a guy that's a little short of stature myself. So I know what that, I know what that means. <laughs> Here's the deal. Would I rather walk barefoot in a public rep bathroom? Oh gosh. Would I rather walk barefoot in a public bathroom or walk barefoot through poison ivy? Oh, this is terrible. This is, a, this is a terrible choice. I'm going to say something pretty disgusting here. I used to, I used to work out at a couple different gyms. Um, and let's just use the YMCA, for example. We were members of the YMCA for a long time. Until um, I realized we only used it six times a year. <laughs> and when I did the math, it was costing like, I don't know, $25 or an hour to work out or some, some crazy, like one workout when you, when you did the math behind the workout, one workout cost you a hundred dollars or something like that. It was, it was some crazy math when you did the math to compared to how much you actually paid in a year versus how much, how many times you actually went to work out. It was a crazy amount. Anyway, I was, not, I'm, I'm going to get a little disgusting for you on you here. So I apologize in advance, but I'm always blown away by, by when you go to the gym, like the YMCA or anything, when you go to the gym, people who stand at a public urinal barefoot, that's just foul. Ugh, I can't do it. I, I think when I look at this choice, I mean, I'm just disgusted by it. Walk barefoot in a public bathroom or walk barefoot through poison ivy? Mm, I might pick poison ivy on this one. My, uh, am I allowed to wash my feet immediately after? If I'm allowed to wash my feet immediately after and give it a good scrub down, then I might pick the public bathroom. 
because poison ivy, that's, that's rough on your feet once I think about it. So as much as it disgusts me, I'm going to assume that I'm allowed to wash my feet immediately after and walk barefoot in a public bathroom. That just disgusts me. The idea that the initial thought of walking barefoot through poison ivy appeals to me more <laughs> initially, but yeah, the, the after effects of poison ivy would be, would be much more miserable as so long as I'm allowed to wash my feet immediately after walking barefoot in a public restroom. So there's my choice. Walk barefoot in a public restroom versus walk barefoot through poison ivy. That was a disgusting one right there. Disgusting. Well, I weighed in this morning at 202.8. Not surprised that I'm up a bit considering the, the week that I just had. Uh, that leaves me with 37.8 pounds until I reach 165. And I've only put in 4,345 steps for the day. So I'm, I'm definitely on, on a bit of a stagnant, stagnant way here. Uh, I was actually pretty happy to be at 202.8. I thought I'd be higher than that. But yeah, I still need to put more focus on this and move, move in the right direction. But like I said, I have 4,345 steps in today. Probably won't reach my 6,000. It's quarter after 10 right now. So it's not likely that I'm going to reach my 6,000. But I will say this. I had a couple days that I was at, over the past few days, I was eight, at 8,000 and 10,000 and those types of things. In fact, I can, I can probably look at, my, look at my record right here. It's because I think it's, it's recorded, definitely recorded on my phone. So let's take a peek here. 44.13 today. 82.06 yesterday. 14,313 steps on the 19th. And 10,859 steps on the 18th. And then Monday I only had 5,658 steps. So on average... Uh, you know, I'm going to call her, I'm going to call this week a win when it comes to the number of steps because I've, I, I did exceed my goal dramatically by on, on, on most of the days. So I'm going to call it a win. Is that okay with you? I'm going to call it a win. <laughs> so we're going to wrap up with our quote from Alexander Graham Bell. When one door closes, another opens, but we often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the one that is opened for us. Yeah, that is, that's, that's spot on. That's spot on. I can tell you that for my life. Sometimes when I suffer a setback of any type, I'll dwell too long on the setback without realizing that that setback has opened up another opportunity for me. If I would just look forward and move forward to see what that opportunity is. Instead, I, I will tend to look at the setback more and kind of dwell on that and ruminate on that setback versus op see, see what opportunity has opened for me because of the setback. You know, during this pandemic, one, one, one mindset that I, I decided during this pandemic was what does this make possible? Just that little idea. Okay, what does this make 
possible. And that, that would, should be a theme when we have setbacks. That's, that's the theme that I try to have. I don't always do a good job, but that's the theme that I, I really try to have. What does this make possible? Because as Alexander Graham Bell has, has put very well, when one door closes, another opens. But we often look so long and so regretfully upon the closed door that we do not see the one that is open for us. Good one. Nice one, Alexander Graham Bell. Let's go ahead and wrap it up right there. Feel a little rusty sitting here for, feel, sitting, sit, see what I mean? I feel a little rusty sitting here at my desk. Haven't been here for three days, so I'm feeling a little off. But I do like coming here every single day to talk to you. I hope you got value of, you got value from the past three days. Uh, I've got some feedback that said you did. So I appreciate hearing from those that, that texted me and, and emailed me and said, yeah, I kind of like this. Good job getting it, getting episodes out every single day and congratulations on your daughter. Heard that, heard that a bunch too. So thank you very much for those comments. You know, the reason I do the show every day is because I love talking to you. I also do the show to become a better podcaster. So I'd like to hear your feedback, good, bad, or indifferent. Let, tell me how I'm doing. Some kind criticism would be nice. A kind critique would be cool. I really, I'm really looking for that. But if you just want to say hi, that'd be cool too. You can email me at joe at thesimplejoe.com or send me a text at 513-399-6468. Again, 513-399-6468. Like I said, just say hi. But if you want to give me some, some feedback as to the show, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear, what, what needs to be changed. I'd like to hear that. And if you want a Simple Joe t-shirt, you can get one at thesimplejoe.com slash store. There's t-shirts and other cool stuff there. Those who have visited the store and bought t-shirts, thank you very much. I see your purchases and it means a lot to me that you did. And if you did purchase a t-shirt or got a t-shirt through a contest or whatever it is, do me a favor. Take a picture of yourself in that t-shirt and text it to me at 513-399-6468. I'd appreciate seeing you with your t-shirt on your simple joe t-shirt again the website is www.thesimplejoe.com slash store thank you so much for listening you mean a lot to me and you know that i love you just not in a weird way talk to you tomorrow take care